Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Welcome into the DreamFinders Home Model in Lexington Park. We are Helmets and Heels, and we are built by DreamFinders Homes, another gorgeous home. We will tell you all about it throughout the show. Ladies, we are down Amanda. She is traipsing so through Costa Rica. Uh, I let y'all know earlier that she ate a termite. Uh, it was either today or yesterday. Um, yep, in the rainforest. So she's having a good old time. She's Why zip did she eat a termite? 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 I don't know. I don't. It wasn't. It didn't. They were in the rainforest, so it didn't look like it was a delicacy. It looked like it was more of a dare. But she ate it. She said it tasted like pepper. <laughs> so she's doing all sorts of fun stuff. She went. Um, she went climbing up and down a waterfall and. I don't know. For someone I, been, who's yearning for a vacation, yes. I, I've been I've been jealous. Of I, I've been living vicariously through her her photos and her Snapchats, except for the bug eating one, which I did not see, and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> it looked really small. That's the good. I news. don't care how small it is. Uh, <laughs> no. Gross. Seriously gross. But Amanda will be back with us next week. Amanda Borges. That is. And uh, she's having a good old time in Costa Rica. We, meanwhile, are in Lexington Park. We're at the Edison 2 model. And like I said, we will tell you all about how great this place is. Thanks, as always, to DreamFinders Homes and to Jen Stewart for hosting us and being such a gracious host Is And uh, let's get right to it. We have a Twitter poll that we are going to release in just a few minutes. The Twitter poll, if a women's football 101 clinic offered strip teases by players for charity, would you attend? I th- I'm pretty sure the, the answers they're going to get to choose from are yes or no. Yes. <laughs> hell yes. Or where can I sign up? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to decide which one I'll lean towards. As far as your answer? Yes. Yeah. So we'll give you our answers a little bit later, but uh, we definitely want people to vote. And I mean, this is open to obviously guys or girls. I mean, if, if guys want to you know, put themselves as attending a women's football 101 clinic, it doesn't have to be only women that attend. It's just normally geared towards women. Maybe spectators too. Absolutely. Um, but let's get to the story that broke yesterday morning and the incident itself, or at least alleged incident that happened June 19th, which was the same night that the Cavaliers won the world title. This happened a little bit after that. So Jags linebacker, Dan Scuda, Number 55. Um, that's for some reason how I just think of him. But so he, he must be elite then? He's elite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, well, I was just really hoping he was going to be extremely good for us last year. Wasn't, didn't quite play up to that hype, but that's okay. Um, but so he was at a bar, and his side of the story is, is very different from the allegations that were in the affidavit arrest report. But basically it goes like this on her side. He asks for her number. She says, heck no he kind of pesters her a little bit more. She finally is like, seriously, get away from me. And then he takes his open palm, shoves it right on her cheek and shoves her into a glass window. Like a face push. Right, exactly. And it doesn't say slap. It said like a face push, right? So his side of the story and what his attorney came out yesterday afternoon and said was that it was all fabricated. He was there with his girlfriend. The girls were really kind of verbally harassing him. And one of them slugged him. And then as you see in the... Uh, mugshot, he does have a black eye and the affidavit report from the arrest had nothing to do with him being hit whatsoever. So that was, you know, a big 
hole in the whole story is, well, what happened to him? He clearly has a shiner. Did he give a statement? So he went through his attorney to give that statement. And his attorney said, we do not want people to judge. You'll find once all the evidence comes out that he is completely innocent. And the whole thing is, you know, obviously a, a black mark on his record, at least as of now. Even though he was just arrested and he hasn't been charged with anything, it's still, you know, your name gets right. gets mentioned in all these awful ways. So people immediately, when they f- hear the first part before the attorney ever comes out, are saying the Jaguars need to cut him if he had any sort of physical art- altercation with a female. And then a firestorm, you know, of lots of people jumping on that bag- bandwagon. So ladies, what were your thoughts when it first came out? And were people judging too quickly before they got both sides of the story? Well, for me, personally, I just recently watched the the 30 for 30 Fantastic Lies on the Duke lacrosse case. And so for me, when I first saw that ESPN alert pop up on my phone, I said, oh, no. But then you have to take a step back and just let due process take its course. I, I, I don't believe he made a statement in the police report at all, not that I've seen. And so we were sort of waiting, I guess, not necessarily on pins and needles, but we were waiting to hear a response from him. And I think so far he, he's handled it pretty correctly. I know that there was a lot of people on Twitter that said that he should be cut immediately and that he should be shouting from the high heavens the, the minute this incident happens that he's innocent. And I, I think in, in certain circumstances we have to, to put down the pitchforks and just let due process take its course. And I think that that's, it's a good warning to anyone who hasn't watched that Duke lacrosse 30 for 30 fantastic lives, go watch that. And then you'll be a little bit more uh, hesitant to jump on the bandwagon of asking, you know, for a guy to be cut immediately. Sometimes we just have to, in, in this day and age, we have to be patient and let the legal legal process work itself out. And it just happened to um, a FSU player, right? Right. The whole, it, you know, she lied, she fabricated it. It was all made up and whatnot. Um, I was just like you, Blythe, when, you know, you see it come across and you're like, crap, but you don't read the story yet. It just says, you know, Jaguar player arrested. And you're like, oh, well, Blackman's no longer an issue. So who is it? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it said Dan Scoot, I was like, that's not right. Right. No, no, no. Like it does, that doesn't make any sense. That's, that's not at all, you know, what appears to be him. So, um, and it stinks for the reason of, I try my best to be equal with everybody, you know, but then when you hear about something, you know, oh, Manziel did this again. Of course he did. Like, I will never not believe a story where it says Manziel did this mm-hmm. again. Of course he did. That's, that's what he does. Um, but I can't, I have to I sit back and we've had him on the show and he's, he's a quiet guy. You know, he's just, he's just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And so I am, I'm sitting back and waiting and, you know, we'll either be extremely disappointed or be extremely disappointed with the fabricated story. Well, and the first thing that came to me was, but he has a girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Because I knew that at least he did have a girlfriend. Right. I didn't know if he still did. I don't, you know, stalk him, so to speak. Um, I certainly pay attention to Jaguars players lives for the best interest of our show. Um, but that was the first thing that I thought was, I'm pretty sure he had, he at least recently had a girlfriend. Second thing I thought was I've met Dan Scuda. Yes, we've had him on the show. And then I've met him in person and it was not at a Jaguars anything. It was just at a random place. And he was super nice. But like you said, Donna, very quiet, very reserved. 
Uh, the last thing I could see him doing, and this was where no one's really watching his behavior, and this was before the girlfriend. I didn't see him go up to any girls. When I was introduced to him, it, he seemed almost too shy to really even say much back. Now, granted, I talk a lot, so, you know, <laughs> there is that. But I did not get the sense at all that he would be a guy going up to a girl and then really not leaving her alone and making sure that there was a scene mate. Like, that's the last one of the last people mm-hmm. on the team that I would have expected that. Granted, yes, you take into account alcohol and maybe they just broke up. And so maybe there's a lot of other, you know, outside influences in what actually happened. But I will say that immediately I I judged him and just believed the story. Unfortunately for him, because of the fact that this happens all the time. It's, with like, NFL it's the climate players. that we live mm-hmm. in. Right. And, and it's become so much more public. And I heard a lot of people say, well, this is Ray Rice all over again. Mm-mm. No, not at all. This is if it if it actually happened the way she said it happened. This is an incident where a guy is frustrated with someone he's never met and then it escalates and who knows you know, what words were said in between. Ray Rice was a completely different situation where that is a woman he was either engaged to at the time or they'd been dating a long time. One Other of the two. his children, they were engaged at the time and since been married. Right, exactly. Like incident. that's completely a, a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, Every situation I think is completely different, and I think that's it, that's a big problem nowadays too. Is that people see an, an incident like this and they automatically think, "Oh, Ray Rice," and you know the, the NFL needs to come down and bring the hammer. It's like you, you have to relax. You have to let due process take its course because that's what our legal system is there for. We don't want the NFL trying these guys and finding them guilty before a legal team that, that knows what they're doing can actually find the evidence and, and, and get a, a proper police report, which I, I don't even know that they have Dan Scuda's statement on, on file, which is a little bit suspect in my opinion. If an event went down and the girl is the only one that, that puts a police well, report in. I think in, there was a witness that gave the police report the at the girl's time. And, friend. Yeah, the girl's friend. Mm-hmm. But so, right, now we need to hear from all the eyewitnesses that his attorney referenced that were, be, that were there. And you, know, and you can, would think that there would be video surveillance. Right, there's got to be footage. You know, I always think about that as because we have seen so much video surveillance at different bars and stuff, but I, I never see video cameras when I'm in places. So I wonder if it just seems like there's a lot because the incidents that we've heard are just made so public. But I, I challenge people, you know, the next time you go in a bar, look around, see if there is a, a video camera. And if there are, maybe you'll feel a little safer that justice, if something crazy were to happen, justice would be served. Right. Hopefully. I mean, you can hide cameras in anything nowadays. And if they're going to have a camera, they're probably going to have near the re- near register. the bar or the yeah. register so that you can keep tabs on where the money's going, not necessarily right. surveying the crowd. Right. Absolutely. A, it's sort of a similar note, I guess, is, you know, NFL violence or whatnot. Did you guys hear about Tavares Jackson? No. He pulled a gun on his wife and apparently her first response was, you're not that accurate on the field, so you better make sure you're accurate. That's, how much? How I'm holding back on how to laugh so hard. Is that, that not is, a great ooh. response? Like, and, and apparently he shot himself. So he missed. <laughs> so just, to me, like, that's it's a little. That I, seems I see too, Lauren's not, it seems not too, too perfect yeah. that it's too made up. It just Except seems. Except imperfect because of the fact that a. A husband is pulling a gun on a wife, but did like? But if you what, ignore all that, and just, well, if, did he like? Did he if really? Her response is fantastic. Like, how much of a? I mean, how would people know this? It, did she tell people this? What, how? This is just a story. I heard it on the the Clay Travis outkick the coverage show on the way in, and I was like, oh my god, how? I, I don't want to say. 
how do I word this properly? Um, so is how he, great of a response so is what's that wrong with him? in that situation? He shot himself, though? Apparently, he shot himself in the stomach. I don't know how that happens. How do we not have that as, like, wouldn't that be kind of breaking news? It's fairly no? recent. But, yeah, her response That's was, crazy. I hope you're more accurate because you're not that accurate on the field. But um, in the background. <laughs> I would think that then she somehow got, you know, away and, and or got around the gun or something and, like, According to, to Clay Travis, she wasn't sh- she wasn't harmed at all, and he ended up harming himself. <laughs> that's so insane. that's yeah, what you she get. Sees it. Craziness. All right. Well, we've got some studs and duds. That may be a new dud right there. As we return, you're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes, live from the DreamFinders model in Lexington Park. We are just off Pecan Park Road, so come on out and hang out with us. We are live until 9 p.m. on Tencent X on 2.5 FM. Listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes, presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. So this song you've likely never heard, nope. but. A huge fan of Helmets and Heels sent me the song and wanted us to come back with it because this is his song. Rock on. Yeah. His name is, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Kato White. It's C-A-T-O-E. So I'm going to assume that it's Kato. I think he's been a winner a few times. And he probably has because he's a huge 10 to yes. fan, not just of Helmets and Heels, but he is a fan of the show. So that is his original song. And nice. I listened to it one day and I was like, oh, it's... Not only is it country, Wait, but it's him? local. That's him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. impressive. Oh, cool. And it's really good. Yeah. So uh, I emailed it to Jordan this morning and asked her to come back with it on a rejoiner. And it's great. It's um, it's called Tie the Knot. So you can find Cute. it on Spotify for all you Spotify fans. Spotify. I know how to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and if Donna can do it, anybody can. <laughs> That's um, right. All right. Let's get to some studs and duds here on Homeless and Heels Built by Dream Finders Homes. Blythe, as always, we will start with you. Who is your stud of the week? My stud is the number one pick in the NHL draft, Austin Matthews. He was born to a Mexican mother in the heart of the, the Sun Belt expansion. They, they did that years ago in the, in the NHL, and they were criticized heavily for it. Um, but this kid took a non-traditional route. He didn't just go to college. He went over to Europe and played, I think, for Finland or Finland or Sweden's national team because he wanted to play with older players. He wanted to play for a former NHL coach, and so he's playing with former NHL players. And so after he plays a few years with them, then he enters the draft, and he was selected first overall. And Matthews was the seventh American to be taken first overall in the NHL draft, is included in a record-breaking 12 Americans selected in the round. Wow. So it was USA. It's, it's, exactly. That's it, impressive. It's a record amount of players. And, and there was actually a few more players that were taken from the South. I want to say three or four players. One in Boca Raton, who was, who was arguably going to be a first-round overall mm-hmm. player that was going to be taken but these guys, they were 17 selections, three players in the top nice. 17 were all from the Sun Belt expansion. I don't think the Bruins picked one American. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't think so. you know, maybe next year. <laughs> uh, speaking of USA and America, uh, your shorts tonight are you like very, them? yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see very them. Very July 4th. Um, they're, they're, I, they are. I want to look above the table, not below the table. <laughs> they're but, you a know. little short, but I like them. You know, if anybody can pull off short shorts. 
Well, you know? I am not at the TPC, so <laughs> I figured it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. America. <laughs> America. America. Uh, my stud tonight yes, is kind of going to go with yours. Ah, and Donna, unfortunately, got to see both I my stud and dud ahead um, of time because I printed sneaky. these earlier. But I am going to go with Cubs third baseman. That would be Chris Bryant for his performance last night. The ridiculous three home runs and two doubles. That's insane. That is very stud worthy now from uh what i am told by my mom thanks yep. mom um he did not come out for an ovation uh everybody was cheering for him wanted to but he that's not his attitude he doesn't want the limelight he's that kind of guy so which i thought was very cool you know that is, that is cool he just went above and beyond a night why should he get extra recognition but still i think it was great he grew up with Bryce Harper, um, so talk about like two amazing <laughs> prospects, but very yeah. different personalities mm-hmm. in you know the same place. My stud is a baseball stud, as you know, Murph. <laughs> Jake Arrieta. Mm. Why? Because there's only three Major League Baseball pitchers right now who have multiple home runs this season. Everybody knows pitchers can't hit, nope. but <laughs> these three can, and you know what? They're also three of the best in the game. Jake Arrieta joined Madison Bumgarner mm. and Noah Syndergaard as the three pitchers who have multiple home runs this season. Nice. Did that last night. Yeah. So impressive. And then also we'll talk a little bit more about Jake Arrieta later and, uh, and his commitment to altering forever a certain part of his body. We don't know what part, but a certain part. We'll talk about that a little oh, later. Okay. I didn't read ahead on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a fun, it's a fun <laughs> one. Right. He All has right. a beautiful masterpiece of a body, so I don't know that he would ever harm it. <laughs> he, he, uh, and he's in the, the body issue for you. I've not seen any pictures come through yet. I'm patiently waiting. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess that Amanda's stud is her vacation and next is the termite. <laughs> <laughs> and Vlad, who is your dud of the week? Uh, this is going to be really gross and I'm, I'm, I apologies ahead of time, but as much as I love the calves, we talked kind of last week about how. Oh, I know this. Yeah. Certain, maybe the, the fans in the city don't know how to react to a championship. Well, one certain fan did not know how to react to a championship because <sighs> in the middle of the parade, yeah. somebody is filming and apparently he was challenged or maybe said, Oh, I'll do it and ended up following through. He runs over and grabs horse poop from the ground and eats it with both hands, full fists. Of horse poop that was probably from a horse cop walking <laughs> the parade. And after you can hear the women and children screaming and crying as he's doing this. And he proceeds to take another piece and throw it up in the air and eat it like he's eating Cheetos or popcorn or something. It's disgusting. It's one is of the there, most disgusting things I've ever and watched. I, and I saw that. Is there any way that it, he staged it and like a friend came and like sneakily while no one was watching laid down fake horse poop? No. I, I mean, it was, a, it was a trail like a, like the horse was walking and there was a trail But is it poop? possible that they made like... I don't think so. Because horse poop into like a brownie or no. made, it, made little, brownies to look like horse poop? Little pieces of chocolate. It's like a yeah. reindeer just walked like by. I'm, I'm gagging just thinking about this video. Well, and what's great is Jeff Prosser on the drill, the day that they talked about mm-hmm. this story, said, hey, Cleveland fans, you've been eating crap for 50 <laughs> some odd years. You don't have to anymore. That was great. Right? Like, <laughs> you idiot, that, that was, guy. I'm pretty sure he was probably on something, on something, mm-hmm. had a bunch of drinks at him and said, oh, I'm so happy I could <laughs> eat right? horse crap. 
I mean, but- I, I have done something very dumb after my team won a championship. Not nearly on that level, but when Florida won the 2006 national championship in basketball, not the football one, I was back down in Gainesville. Um, I went for all the championships back then. And since I felt robbed while I was in college, we won nothing. I had to go back. (laughs) So anyway, as soon as we win, everyone pours out in the streets. It's a big old party. Everyone's having a blast, right? Well, I jumped in the fountain, one of the main um, parts on the edge of campus, and just jumped in it. It was like 40-something degrees. So here I am sopping wet, but I also jumped in with my phone, which at the time I'm sure was a a Nokia flip phone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, ruined my phone. And uh, it was a work phone, so that didn't go over too well when I went back to work. So I will say that sometimes championships can make you lose your mind. But come on, have at least some regard for... I, I have talked hygiene. several times about how if the Jaguars win, I'm setting something on fire, preferably a couch. I will never, nothing could ever make me pick up horse no. poop from the street and eat it. I don't care if you gave me a million dollars. It Absolutely wouldn't not. happen. Oh, no, I would do that for a million dollars. You would? Oh, yeah. A million dollars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you put that right no, in front of me no. on a plate. Yeah. A million dollars. You kidding? Wow, I really hope we have a rich listener right now going, all right, this is worth it. Stroke that check, baby. I will do that. The grossest part is that there's like pieces of hay oh. in, in the poop itself. So whenever you started, Lauren, you started your statement off with hay. hay. <laughs> Well, and I know, like, in dog poop, there's dog hair. So I'm assuming in horse poop, there's also probably horse hair, too. You're, like, gagging. No, oh, Gross. Uh, that's a, it's a good Judd. <laughs> um, and I wonder how your friend reacted to that, the one that we interviewed last week, D-Lo, oh. Dan DiLoretto. I wonder how he reacted when he heard Gross. that story. Like, you know what? You're no longer a Clevelander. <laughs> we Get don't out. blame you. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the great state of Ohio. And I mock it by saying great. That's pretty funny. All right, Demar, who's your dud? My dud, I love picking this family anytime for a dud. So I'm going to go with Archie Manning. Oh. A story came out last night on CBS Sports about finally, you know, trying to clarify why Eli threatened to not play for San Diego. This was 12 years ago. So Archie finally has come out now and said, well, I had nothing to do with it. What? BS. Are you kidding me? He goes on this article. It's hilarious. And he proceeds to say, I never tell my kids what to do. I am not involved in any of their decision making. He was like the puppet master on that whole thing. Exactly. What do you think he did with Peyton at Tennessee? I'm like, please. Just because you stunk as a football player, you know, you're trying to fix up your kids. No, no, no. I believe everything. He stunk. He didn't stink. He stunk. He was one of the best quarterbacks ever in Ole Miss history. No, in football. In, in, NFL. Yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, in the NFL. Gotcha. So, yeah, I don't believe anything of that. And the last time Eli was asked, which was a few years ago, they still ask him about it. He, his response to, um, why did you threaten to not play for San Diego? I don't know. I forgot. <sighs> Whatever. That whole family. I just can't stand you, Mannings. <laughs> Duds. I like I like the Mannings. Although nope. it, it, I always the only Manning that I always think about um, that. How about the brother? I feel bad for is Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Because if you've ever watched that show yes. on them, yeah, he got hurt and then. So that's now he's it. just a regular guy. Well, he has no a, Super a Lyme disease or, or, or something like that to it, like a, a spinal disease where he physically mm-hmm. can't play football. Right. Um, I don't. I don't mind the Mannings that much. I every time I think of Eli, I think of like the dumb face Eli. 
even though I think he's done some good things for the Giants. And I, I don't mind Peyton either. Um, I think he's a little, I mean, all athletes at that level, they're a little bit egotistical. Um, but I really like a lot of the stuff that he does off the field. So, you know, the SNL skit comes to mind where he's pegging little kids in the head with mm-hmm. football. So that's, well, I, the fact, I like that stuff. I think he's of, of people at his level, of athletes at his level. I think he's probably one of the nicer ones um, to ever to ever reach that um, serious committed athlete, but also really good person on and off the field. Like I, I think that Who, of, Eli, of, no Peyton, I think of everyone, <laughs> not if all that story is true of what he did at Tennessee. No, no, no. And I guess I'm referring more to his professional career. I think by the time, I think he learned some lessons at Tennessee um, that did prepare him for the NFL, but all right, my stud, <laughs> Everyone knows that I like... Oh, you're dead? That's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. Um, Everyone knows that I like proper spelling and grammar, and I like formatting a certain way, which, great job, Blythe, who did the rundown (laughs) today, formatted properly. But uh, spelling is big. I won the spelling bee in fifth grade, lost it in sixth, seventh, and eighth, so I didn't learn a whole lot in those grades, apparently. But Shaq was trying to take a shot at Steph Curry and was wearing a shirt that said, the real unanimous MVP. Except it didn't say unanimous. It said unanimous. <laughs> so of all the people that Shaq O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal has around him, don't you think that someone would have caught, you know, anytime you go to print something, there's multiple people that have to review it before it gets printed. I would assume Shaq did the same thing that every other person would do, which is run it by at least one person and say, hey, can you double check the spelling on this? And oh, by the way, on most word processors, it's going to tell you it's Spell underlined check. in red. <laughs> that is not correct. Well, you're, you're, you're probably, to play devil's advocate a little bit here, Shaq is probably not ordering those t-shirts. It's probably some kind of intern somewhere, yeah. and they're not using, whenever you're designing stuff, um, especially for you know t-shirts or graphics or something like that, you're using a graphics program, and the spell checker isn't the best, you have to remember to, to do it in another program, spell check it, and then copy and paste the verbiage over so it's not. True, but if you are given a shirt that's been spelled wrong, you don't take a picture of it or allow a picture to be taken of you in it and then get tweeted out to the world. That's fantastic. Like at some point, you got to do your due diligence. You can't just trust everybody in your life. Get one person, like call up your mom and be like, hey mom, can you proofread this for me? Because there's a lot of things that go in that are involved with making a t-shirt. It's not just something you do in five minutes. There's I made my little Tom Hanks one with my puffy paint. (laughs) So that was fun. And if it it had been spelled improperly in puffy paint, I would say, you know what? Way to go, Shaq, for driving to Hobby Lobby. (laughs) And and for actually buying puffy paint. Hopefully it was in the correct colors. But you know what? Shaq, you're my dud. And also, just don't be going to knock on Steph Curry anyway, who had a fantastic season with 73 wins. Yeah. That's the, it's the popular thing. thing to do right now. It Especially is. Aisha Curry. She's been getting... She really has. And I feel bad for her because for so long, I think she was almost untouchable. Yeah. And had a... How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Had a different kind of um, viewpoint than she does now. All right. Didn't... A little bit of a serious topic we're going to get to next. Pat Summit passed away earlier today. A lot of people woke up to that news. She was the longtime and super legendary women's basketball coach at Tennessee, the winningest coach in Division I college basketball history. We're going to talk about her legend as well as her legacy and some influential women in our lives. That is next. Stay tuned to Helmets and Heels. Built by DreamFinders Homes, live from the DreamFinders model in Lexington Park on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
helmets and heels. Built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. The Twitter poll has officially been sent out by Helmets and Heels. Follow us on Twitter at Helmets and Heels. Blythe, remind everybody what the Twitter poll question is and then what their choices are. My pleasure. If a women's football one, 101 clinic offered strip teases by players for charity, would that make you want to attend? Your options are, hell yeah, nah, or sure, out of curiosity. I like it. I like it a lot. Look, we've got Kevin showing up with some high seat <laughs> extra cooler. Oh, I know. Thank you. Blythe's yes. going to bust into that. <laughs> Kevin, you can take a tour of the home. It's got a bonus room upstairs. There's a whole room dedicated to football. So, yes, we are Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. And every month we're going to be live with you from a DreamFinders model. Tonight we are in Lexington Park, which is just off of Pecan Park Road on the north side of town. And then we will be back at the stadium home for a majority of the year. So if people have not been to that yet, I highly recommend it. We are at the Edison 2 model. This place has coffered ceilings. There's a little trivia history that I'll give you once Jen oh. Stewart joins us, the marketing manager for DreamFinders a little later in the show. But yeah, this place is gorgeous as all the DreamFinders homes models are and all the DreamFinders homes in general. Blad is going to bust right into that high C ecto cooler. By the, the way, Ghostbusters edition, I can't resist obviously. a juice box. Yeah, and it's Ghostbusters. We just got a word by Action News that all lanes northbound on 295 have reopened. All right, so if you're waiting for that to come join us, come on up. I was going to say come on down, but it's come, come on up. All right. Jordan, she keeps sending me pictures of her dog. She's trying. She's trying hard yeah, so if you to missed, convince me that he is adorable. If you missed the morning Sorry, show this morning, Jordan um, and Beef sent out pictures of one of Jordan's dogs. Do you really have six chihuahuas, Jordan? I do, and they're all in my one-bedroom apartment as we speak. All right. So one of them, uh, his picture is circulating around the Internet. And the uh, the picture is hilarious and has had Donna laughing all day today. Frightening. Stop. Here's he's, another one. He's a, he's a Stop scary. It. This is a family show. Um, <laughs> scary chihuahua. That's what I'll say. And I saw that someone tweeted in to you, Jordan, um, that he is your worst nightmare. Yes. Yes. That's what they said. Aww, he is pretty ugly, Jordan's but dog. you know what? I'm forever going to keep those. Well, I think <laughs> it just makes me laugh, Jordan. It's great. I'm not a Chihuahua person, so I've always tended to kind of think that all Chihuahuas are not like my style. But I get that some people they that's their favorite. So to each their own. Everyone I'm, needs somebody, you know. Yes, <laughs> you you made that thing very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Donna's just giving no mercy. All right, ladies, let's get to a little bit more of a serious topic. The most famous, I would say, women's basketball coach of all time. And yes, some people would say that Gino Ariema is is certainly getting close. But I I will still say that the most famous of all time, Pat Summit. she did more for the sport of women's basketball and in general, I would say elevated women's sports for a very long period of time. She was hired at the age of 22 to Tennessee, 22 years old as a head coach and then coached there until she found out that she was diagnosed with early onset dementia, Alzheimer's type in 2011. She finished coaching that season and then for the past five years has been dealing with the disease and as with Alzheimer's, and 
a lot of that type of illness, your family ends up dealing with it a lot because you can't it's function the same way that disease. you did. It, and it, it truly is, especially because it is um, a disease that gets passed through by genetics. So it, it is hereditary. So I think that's one of the scariest things for people whose parents have it. And I've had family members um, who have had it. I just recently, a couple of years ago, um, lost a great aunt. She suffered with it for 20 years and her husband took care of her for 20 wow. years up until he was 95 and she was a little bit younger than that. Wow. Right. So it is something that it takes such a toll on everyone's lives around the person and of course, including the person. But so we found out today that Pat Summit died and naturally it led me to think, and want to talk about the legacy that she left growing up. Did, were you, you know, enamored by what she was doing? Did you not really pay attention to it? And what do you think that her legacy will be for the rest of women's college, women's basketball? For me, she sort of transcended the sport and, and, and you didn't know her as a women's coach. You just knew her as a coach. So to, to me, that was the, the, the biggest I guess, t- a telling point for her. And like, like you said, Lauren, she got her start in coaching at, at 22 years old. I read that she was making $250 a month. She was washing the team's uniforms whenever she first got started. And that to me is like, you start out from the very, you know, the, the ground, bo- the, 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 I guess the ground, ground bottom. floor. Yeah, started, ground floor. Started from That's the what, bottom. Yes. And now <laughs> she's here. Well, was Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it, to me, the, the women's game, women's sports in general, would not be anywhere near of, of a success as it has been on a, you know, sort of a rising scale rather than a, a, a dropping scale without her. I don't think Gina, Gina Oriema has a job in women's basketball if not for Pat Summit. And so whenever you, a, a death like this happens, you get to see all of the footage of her career throughout the years. And, and they talk about that Pat Summit stare and that how she intimidated people just by looking at her. But what I've also heard is that she was the, she was the funniest person out there a hundred percent of her students graduate or hundred percent of her players graduated every single hundred percent of the recruits that yes that she signed graduated even if they transferred to other schools and it was something like 18 former assistant coaches or players went on to coach so her impact on just the game of basketball itself is something that won't be felt for for years and years just because she's been doing it for for 40 plus years to me I, i mean i can't sit here and pretend like i followed it at all because I didn't college uh, basketball wasn't my thing until you know really getting into the sports world and um, but when it came time we did it was just years ago we did some um, trivia it was something about what you know college coach has the most wins and we would be naming things and it, it never never would have occurred to me Pat Summit was at the top of the list and it was amazing so for me that's the that was the beginning point of going Man, yeah. Like, why wouldn't I include her? Of course. Because you automatically, if you're doing college coaches, you just don't go the females. That's not what goes in your mind, um, especially back then. But uh, it's just amazing the impact that she has made that everybody can now follow. I was talking to um, my son's uh, ABA therapist. I said, you know, isn't it great? I said, you, you know, besides obviously my husband and obviously and his grandfathers, but everybody around my son who's teaching him everything, whether it's, you know, the speech, the physical, everybody's female. So he's going to grow up in a world learning that females are equal and can do everything that all the men do. So I just love that. And that's what, you know, us talking about her today reminded me of that today. 
And she really got her start 1976 yep. before a lot of women were emerging in the sports world. Like it, Bravo, Tennessee for right, thinking right. that. It's certainly coming on stronger year after year. Right. And, and certainly a lot of changes happened in the eighties and nineties, but she was definitely a trailblazer. You know, that word can sometimes get yeah. overused. Right. One of the other things I loved, uh, every single lady Vol basketball player, had the opportunity to play in at least one final four from 1976 when she started coaching till when she ended her career in 2011. And I guarantee had she still been coaching to this day, that stat would then say 2016. I guarantee it. I, I just am floored by the success that, that, one person can have regardless of gender one person that's a stat that'll never happen again never and she was also asked if there was a time when they they wanted her to coach the men's team at tennessee Mm -hmm. and she was like i don't have to do that i don't have to go coach a men's team to elevate the women's game and she stayed with the women's team i thought that was awesome imagine what it would have been like the past five years you know if nothing ever happened and her and UConn, Tennessee and UConn going. And she does not like Gino Ariema. They made, she made yeah. no bones about it. They always had a rivalry. And so it's certainly, yes, it would have been yeah. far more drama in those, right. in those championship games or at least in those final fours, which we haven't gotten to see because there hasn't been, you know, an, a rival team to UConn. No one's been able to really, you know, play well against them. Right. Um, one of my favorite stories, I shared this on Frank's show yesterday. When we knew that she was not doing well, but obviously before we knew that she passed away was, uh, so she was on a recruiting trip, her water breaks, Mm -hmm. she gets on the plane to come home and the pilots are asking her, you know, do you want to stop and just go ahead and deliver before we make it all the way to Tennessee? She was somewhere in the Northeast. And she said, absolutely not. I'm having my baby in Tennessee. She grew up in Tennessee. Played for Tennessee, wanted to have, obviously coached in Tennessee, wanted to have her baby in Tennessee. What Talk about this? steel resolve. Yeah, but- well, Tyler Summit, we've talked about him because he, I actually don't remember if we ended up talking about him. We had him in our kind of show prep one time because he's been coaching for Louisiana Tech and got in trouble because he was dating or hanging out, fraternizing is probably the best word, with one of his players. So Tyler Summit is, is in his 20s, so this would have been... All right. But I mean, what, what pilot in his right mind would let a woman in labor on but a But that's the thing is, that's who, I think that identifies Ty Summit. The stare would have absolutely been, um, would have been something where, I, oh, I'm sorry? Louisiana Tech. Oh, you're a Louisiana Tech fan. Okay. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I would have, I would have. No, you do, you don't let a but woman that's in the labor thing is, on a she's plane. Like, she she was it's calling a, the shots. It's she, probably a private plane too, so she has crazy. a little bit more leeway than say going on a Delta flight. That's yeah, so crazy. One would think, yeah. But so I think overall, some of the the reasons that I loved her, some of her quotes, and then also growing up a huge Steve Spurrier fan, he always praised Pat Summit and would go in front of his players and use Pat Summit quotes and talk about the way her coaching style and the way that she dealt with her players. And to me, Blythe, you started this with, she transcended the sport. She was one of those coaches where she could have coached any other sport. Mm-hmm. She could have coached men, women, kids, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I think the way that she approached the players and the respect that she had for them and then the high expectations that she demanded from them. Um, there was one thing that the woman who, um, who replaced her at Tennessee, succeeded her at Tennessee. I forget her name now. I looked it up earlier. But she tweeted like my heart is broken because of the special relationship that we had and she said the things that pat summit expected of you 
or would give to you love and high expectations like hugs, but also high expectations. You, she would, she would be sweet and, you know, nurturing with you, but she was also not going to let you do anything other than the absolute best and completely demanded, um, competition from her players, the highest competition. And I think what's remarkable about all is that she was doing this in a time where women weren't allowed to have an opinion in sports. They weren't allowed to have commentary on in sports and you, especially in, in sort of the deep South with Tennessee, she has these older men respecting her and watching her as a, as a great example of a coach who just happens to be female. And if you go to a women's college basketball game in this town, you'll see maybe 500 people. She was able to get about 24,000 people to those games every game, every season. Wow. Uh, that's talk, talking about like building a program, building a brand and helping the university. That's what she did. And that's what's so scary about this disease, dementia and, and, and onset all, Alzheimer's is, is that she what, was 64. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban is also 64 years old. And so if, if it wasn't for the fact of this disease, she would still be out there killing it. Yeah. I saw that article where they said she's five years younger. She's four years younger. And they're naming all of the coaches that are still out there, you know, coach K and everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, goodness. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's such a, tragic disease and I don't think that people unless you are really involved with it I don't think that people truly understand what happens and for some people how quickly it can happen and for others how long they can live with it before it takes that drastic toll but no matter what bucket they're in the as far as the timing goes the awful effect that it has on them too. Cause I used to think, well, if you're the one with Alzheimer's, it affects the people around you way more than it affects you because you don't really know once you get to that later stage, you don't know that you have the disease. So it's not as bad. That's not it at all. You, you know that there's something wrong. You may not know exactly what's wrong, but it affects you almost worse then because it's almost every minute you're, you're so confused you're trapped in your own mind. And yeah, you, and you don't know if you've eaten, if you've gone to the bathroom and, and all that power that you've had your whole life is stripped away and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Ugh, yeah. That's so terrifying. it's, it's certainly something that, um, will keep her family in our thoughts and prayers as the days go by. And ladies, we will come back with a few women who are influential in our lives. Cause I have a feeling you don't get to be on a sports talk radio show as a chick. One of the first, well, the first in the nation, but one of the, one of the first radio shows, certainly, um, with all females without some influential women in your lives. So we're going to talk about that next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Home, live from the Dreamfinders Home model in Lexington Park. We are with you until 9 p.m. here, so come on out and stop by. We are on Tencent XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Those songs where I'm mouthing the words and forget that we're back on there. Um, at least I'm getting better about it now and not doing it for like a full minute. Yes. Welcome back to Helmets and Heels live from the Dreamfinders model. Since we are built by Dreamfinders, we're going to tell you a little bit about this hot spot here in a few minutes when we talk to Jen Stewart, marketing manager. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the influential women in your lives. Like I said, you don't get to this point to be a woman who's 
you know, kind of, we're trailblazers in our industry. So we don't get to this point without some, some really influential and powerful women that have inspired us. So Blythe, we'll start with you. Who are the women that have deeply affected you? I I mean, I can't, I I can't not say my family because they're some of the most, the women in my family, we have a very large family and a lot of very opinionated women. They're not all sports fans. Actually, very few of them are sports fans, um, except for with anything that outside of the Derby. They're, they're not sports fans. Um, but it, it, they're, I would say they're challenging, um, especially in a time that women weren't allowed to have opinions. Um, I have a couple, uh, two grandmothers, actually, that, that got divorced in, in the early or the late 70s, wow. which was very unheard of at that time because they, they didn't like the way their husbands were treating them. And so they got remarried and have since been married ever since. Um, so but the, it, it's a, it's a dominate, it's, it's an intimidating thing. I will say whenever you're at a dinner table and you're surrounded by all of these women in order to get a word in edgewise. And I think that's where I sort of get my, my loudness and, and opinionated. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Yes. If you meet them, you'll understand why. Cause I had to fight for my opinion at the dinner table. And then now it's, it's, it's sort of come full circle. I like it. I liked how you tweeted today about your family. You went to go see a show, Beauty and the Beast, and some people were very upset that they did not get invited and offended that they did not get invited to said show. They they, they were not happy at all, which I got to sit back and laugh because I didn't orchestrate the event. So it's my other aunts that have to take the heat for it at the next family event. Here's the one thing that we're not happy. I found it funny because they weren't happy. And instead of like texting somebody like, Hey, why didn't I know about this? Tweeting it out. They, they put it on Facebook. Yep. Uh, Wow. (laughs) That was one of my aunt's response. (laughs) And then my other aunt comes in. She's like, you would have just said no anyways. I'm like, Oh, I got my aunts dunking on each other and my Facebook comments. Social media. Yet another (laughs) reason. That's funny though. I thought I laughed about it. It's funny. As long as you're not the one who's in trouble, absolutely. You're in the hot water. I'm not the one in trouble. So. What about oh, you, D-Murph? Mine, uh, very simple. Uh, my mom, for sure, she is the most knowledgeable person that I know that uh, on football. No one better. I used to, when uh, my brothers left for college, because there's a seven-year gap, my brothers left for college. So whenever I would go out to dinner with my parents, we have these trivia books, these sports trivia books that we keep in the bathroom. And I would always bring them. Okay, quiz time. And I would always quit. That's what our drive to every restaurant would always be. And my mom would always get all the football questions right. My dad would get all the hockey questions right. And it would be give or take on who got the baseball questions right. But I it's, love it. it's amazing. And it just, I was always baffled. I'm like, how do you know this? How do you know who was the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl two? I'm like, and it just comes off their head like that. I'm like, what? Um, but her for sure. But I would, I have to obviously mention, um, my dance teacher for 20 years, she was kind of like, I always said my second mom, just because I would be at dance almost every night and on the weekends, um, who would walk around with that ruler and make sure that, you know, our, our toes were lifted high and our butts were up, <laughs> you know, we, guess I need to know. go to dance class. Toes, yeah. Toes would bleed and she, yeah, Woo. she was a harsh one, but, um, that I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Those are good ones. And especially, I wish I had a coach that was a female, that was a main influence, but I mainly had guide coaches. Me too. My dad was usually my coach. 
Yeah, I had I had lots of guy coaches, um, and only one female coach in high school. But I we didn't get along very well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we won't mention her. But um, obviously, like you said, start you start with family. Uh, my parents, in general, lump them together, um, are the biggest supporters and have always been of my life. My mom is a I would say a diehard Florida football fan. And then she'll watch pretty much everything else, Florida, when my dad's watching it. Um, she's not as, you know, deeply invested in all the other sports, but definitely Florida football. And growing up, I learned that you can be a beautiful, elegant female and also be a diehard sports fan. And that was a combination that I think a lot of people hadn't really put together. Um, and then I would also say as far as the overall influence, my grandmother was also just this, this amazing woman, my mom's mom. Um, and I think if she was around today while our show would be going on, she would definitely come to our live shows and would just be so proud and so excited. And she may not really care that much about what we were talking about, but she would just love watching women talk about this kind of stuff. She raised five kids, four boys and my mom. (laughs) and worked full-time for part of that um, at Barnett Bank. So talk about, like you said, women who were doing things. Yeah. My goodness. And she was so beautiful. She was featured on their brochures. And yeah. Um, So I wish, like I said, I wish she was alive today to be able to see this kind of um, excitement. And my other grandmother too, I wish she was alive today too. Um, And then my cousin, Caitlin, that I always talk about, uh, she is such a huge sports fan that it she used to make it look really easy we'd be watching something or we'd pick up the phone when she didn't live in the city we would literally talk for an hour about nothing other than sports and so it I came to realize that that was okay like you didn't have to talk about anything else like your boy life or anything right you could literally just talk about sports and that's it and uh and then so it was kind of I think that really kind of pushed me into sports talk radio and then I would say for all of us probably Jessica Blaylock since she was the first female and Donna you too one of the first females to work at 1010 XL you were the first that's true fine. that's all yeah, right you were the first <laughs> well, I was okay. gonna say I was gonna you say the, knew her I knew her more than you, you Frank yeah you went to their stuff yeah, yeah. you're right yeah you're but right that's okay. but you are the first yeah so right. I'll say DMARF too <laughs> absolutely <laughs> what am I liver? Right. Well, that's and you as well and well, Amanda no, yes and all no. of us I, you better we inspire, we I inspire met, each other yeah and I met her thinking because she wasn't still here to mention Oh, yeah, yeah, you're getting myself in trouble over here. Um, all right, let's uh, let's switch it to another inspirational person, Timothy Tebow, former Gator quarterback, former Patriot uh, camp quarterback, sure. former Denver Broncos playoff winning quarterback. Tim Tebow was on a plane recently. I think this was either yesterday or two days ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the passengers took a picture of what was going on on the plane. A man suffered from a heart attack, and as the Delta crew and attendants were rushing over to him, gave him the AED, tried to give him CPR, Tim came up and, without being asked, just started trying to calm everyone down and praying for the man and praying for the family. And until they got to the airport and landed safely, was just with the family the entire time. And then as soon as they got there, the car that had been arranged for him for his transportation, he made sure that this family got that and they were able to go straight to the hospital. Is that something over and above what a lot of people would do? Yes, but is it extra special that it's someone who 
could easily be criticized for something, you know, in general, as far as like trying to get attention for praying for someone. That's, that's what always sticks out to me is I think he lives in this super criticized world and a lot less now, but the point would you say that this is something that Tebow haters can pile onto, or is this something that the Tebow haters should finally stop and go, look, he's just a plain good guy. Right. And that's, that's what I'm not a Tebow hater. I'm a Tebow fan hater. I, I think that that's, that's where a lot of the, the, the hatred comes from whenever you, or, or the vitriol comes from whenever you, you bring up Tebow's name is that you don't necessarily hate the player. You hate, the baggage that he brings with him and, and the fans that aren't necessarily football fans that, that tend to, to tear media wise, tear the team and the fan base apart. So I think that they're always going to look for ways to bring a guy down, especially someone of Tebow's caliber that always seems to do the right thing. But you have to ask yourself if whether or not you hate him, if that's your family member in that position and he offers to help them, you're thankful. And I think that that's the only thing you can pull from this situation. I don't know how you, you, you see a guy that jumps in to, to help someone as a bad thing. That That's not a bad thing. They have those shows on, on Dateline all the time. You know, what would you do yeah. in that certain situation? You'll see a lot of people with a drunk driver or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a mother that looks, quote unquote, pregnant at the bar and she's drinking. Um, would you step in and would you say something? This was somebody that was in trouble. Tebow saw that he stepped in. It's not like he was JJ Watt and like looking for the cameras around to make sure <laughs> that someone caught it on, exactly. on, on film. This is a guy that genuinely just wanted to help and then went above and beyond for that. And you would just hope that if it, if that's you or if that's your relative, that somebody else would do the same. It, uh, it didn't surprise me. You know, I'm not surprised by anything he does that is of this stature. Because that's who he is, that's who he appears to be. Um, what follows is why all of the Tebow fans have to say, see, isn't he so great? We don't have an issue with him being so great. You telling me 10,000 yeah. times, see how great he is? We know how great of a person he is. You want to talk about his stature in the football world, we can talk about that. Because no, he doesn't belong in the NFL. You want to tell me how great of a person he is? Yes, I agree with you. I have no problem with that. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful human being. No issue. Stop talking to me about how great he is. I know. I know how great of a person he is. I don't need to be told over and over and over again. That's where it gets me. That's where I get uh, almost enraged by stop, stop it. Just stop. Yes. Okay. It's almost like his good deeds (laughs) off the field make these people, these non-football fans crazy. That's why he deserves a job in the NFL. No. No. You have to be able to throw more than 20 yards to have a job as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, Tavares Jackson. <laughs> well, and throw accurately. Sorry. That was pretty funny. Yeah, you had to throw accurately. Too soon. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I think it's fine. Whatever. Um, all right. I want to I wanna get to this topic, and we may have to come back to it, but our Twitter poll. Obviously, if you haven't voted, go ahead and vote at Helmets and Heels. We have asked you if... Your team was offering a women's football 101 clinic, and they had strip teases at a part, as a part of the program by players for charity. Would you attend? We've had certainly mixed responses, and we'll give those uh, 
responses a little later and what majority wins. Can we give a chocolate heel away via the text line? A Peterbrook chocolate yes. heel away via the text line? Absolutely. Can Let's go ahead and play off of the Twitter poll question. I like it. Okay. And if you were going to attend, is there a certain player you would want to see? A ja- we'll go with Jaguar player. Oh, Jaguars only? Yeah. I like it. Is there a certain Jaguars player you would want to see attend a charity strip? So text in to the 1010XL text line driven by Duval Ford, 904-641-1010. And you will pick a player, a Jaguars player, Jaguars that you player. would want to see be taken down to his boxers during the strip tease during the football 101. I'm sure there are guys right now going, I don't want to see any Jaguars Saying wife, players. What, who would you want to see? Or can I pick a roar chiller? But yeah, that's how to win. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, and so as far as would you attend, would you all attend? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and of yeah. course. <laughs> so yeah. It's not even. Um, I went with hell yeah. yeah. That's me too. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, here's my here's my issue with the story itself, the Ohio State story, right, right, not right. these players stripping down. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue with it. When the player that stripped down, the Ohio State Buckeye stripped down, he was asked after, how did it go? He was interviewed. His response was, well, I didn't know I was going to go all the way down to my boxers. Mm-hmm. And at first it was uncomfortable, but then it, it ended up being more fun. That, to me, was a giant red flag mm-hmm. for whomever asked him to do it. And I'm going to lump, lump Shelly Meyer, Urban Wire's wife, into the group that put this on, because I'm pretty sure she's heavily involved with the program. She was interviewed on it. Whomever asked him to do this didn't tell him he had to go all the way down to his boxers. And the idea is to show how a player puts on and takes off his pads right. and his uniform and things like that. Totally fine with that. But... You cannot make a player who's 20-something right. and who's asked to do this. And, yes, he was he was asked, do you want to or do you not? But you can't then ask them and not tell them the full story of what they're going to be doing. They're what it's going to Right. It, they are objectifying. 100% objectifying them. And that's the part that I disagreed with. And it would make me uncomfortable if I'm attending a strip tease for charity if the player doesn't know exactly right. what they're going to well, be doing. Well, it, it technically wasn't right. a strip tease. But we've been to some of the, these these women's events, especially at the Jaguars last mm-hmm. year that we went to. The, the, the players were just sitting on right. stage. They weren't dancing. They weren't playing you know single ladies like what they were doing at the Ohio state clinic um but these women were still went crazy yes they still went crazy over the the football players and so when you put them the same female fans in an atmosphere where you're stripping down a player live on stage and shelly meyer even admitted she was like we we pick the cute players we don't pick the the you know the offensive linemen sorry offensive linemen but that's (laughs) and that's that's where i i don't know that you need I, i think it's a it's Part of me says, like, that's just a fun aspect uh, of a one or, or a women's clinic. I don't right. even know if it was a 101, technically a 101 clinic, as they call it. It was because they did drills on the field. Mm. Okay. Well, if it's if it's that regard, I, you don't need that to engage your female fans. No. I think it's sort of a fun aspect. But like you said, Lauren, if the player has no idea what he's getting into, like, that to me is completely embarrassing. Imagine if the situation was reversed. Oh, yeah. And that was a female athlete on stage and they started stripping her down. It would be national headlines and whoever was involved would be fired. Mm -hmm. And I think in this article that we were talking about, it comes from the the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And this woman was tasked with 
researching different women's clinics all around the country, the, these football 101 clinics that, that have popped up. And she said that there was an, an incident with Pitt, that Pitt's team, that it was closed to media members, but a female journalist bought a ticket and they revoked her ticket. I think ticket. it was Penn State. It, wasn't it Jim I, I, Franklin's? I thought it was Pitt. It was, but either way, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that to me was a little curious. Is that is is the the media or not the media credential? But is her ticket being revoked because they don't want the backlash that happened right. at Ohio State? And they haven't. Ohio State really hasn't faced any any sort of backlash from this. And Shelly Myers' quotes in here are a little bit concerning. And she, and she talks about how you know you, you pick a player because he's cute, and I, you know I'm tired of all these you know equal. And, and I'm paraphrasing here. It's not an exact quote, but she, she says that you know I'm tired of this politically correct world. We just want to have a fun football women's event and and be able to put it. On for our female fans, and I, I get some of that, but the way with those comments coupled with the striptease mm-hmm. on stage, I think it's a little much. When I go to those things, I want to actually learn something. Right. I don't go to watch a player take off his clothes. So that's the one thing that I would want to see the program in advance and be like, all right, do I actually get to do drills? Which luckily they did because had it been just a lunch right. and then that, I would have been furious. Well, it was to. It, it was risque, but the the idea behind it is to show all of the padding and, and right, but parts you don't of the have uniform. To take off the right. pants down to the boxers. Leave them in his pants. Let the women scream, and then be and done I, with and it. And I almost think that you come out and just sort of your, your skivvies is what they used in the the, the <laughs> hockey world. That's um, adorable. The skivvies. You, you come out in your skivvies, and then you put right. the the equipment on them, taking it off and whipping the shirts around as if it was a striptease. That that to me is a little much. I totally agree, and because it was the woman. Who who was doing that. The, but yeah, we would still leave around. the woman yeah. doing it. All right. We are going to get to a little bit of Jake Arietta and uh, him altering his body for a specific reason. We're going to get to a little Lionel Messi. But first, we're going to talk to Jen Stewart, marketing manager for DreamFinders Homes. That is coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by DreamFinders Homes live from the DreamFinders model in Lexington Park. We are live with you until 9 p.m. on 10 to next on 2.5 FM. Girls just want to talk football. More helmets and heels. Built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. Now on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. I love this song. This is a little big town pontoon. Great song for the summertime. About that time of year. As we welcome in Jen Stewart, marketing manager of DreamFinders Homes, as we are live here in the DreamFinders model in Lexington Park. Jen, I teased the ladies earlier with a fun fact about this community that I'm going to tee you up to tell them right now. Yes. So this community, the Budweiser horses used to be stationed down at the stable that's now the amenity center. So this used to be owned by by Buzz Wy- Budweiser, and they the horses were down the, the Clydesdales were nice. down the street. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That was perfect for our horse conversation. Yeah. It Hopefully sure was. Nobody around here is a <laughs> cat. That. Sorry, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that's correct. So the home that we're in is the Edison Two model. You had told me coffered ceilings, um, which I learned a couple months ago, but I always like You're to see them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a bonus room upstairs, which is great because it also has a bathroom. And I loved the moment I walked into the master bedroom here. I loved that it opened up to the preserve. I think that's such a beautiful part about this community is that there is that area where there's not someone, you know, necessarily right behind you. Open floor concept, all of these wonderful things that I think people, if they've been in a DreamFinders model, have come to expect about DreamFinders homes. What is the next community for you guys? 
Ooh, we have a lot coming. Um, there are two really big communities coming up in Ponte Vedra, which is actually pretty new for us. We've only been in Nocatee so far. So we'll be right behind Marsh Landing, and then we'll also have a property off Corona Road. Ah. So those will be opening before the end of the year. And then Preserve at St. John's, also down in that area, is kind of the new Durban Crossing area, and that will be opening. And then on the north side, we have... Amelia Concourse and Northampton and Harbor Concourse, and they are all kind of more towards the island, um, upscale, coastal living, really close to the beach, just Fernandina Beach instead of Jack's Beach. But people are moving up this way because you can get so much more land and property for less value. Speaking of coastal living, that's kind of the, uh, the, the way that the stadium home was built. So the last time we spoke with you, the stadium home was supposed to move. But that's not so now, right? Nope. It is not moving anymore. <laughs> the Jags have decided it should stay at gate four. We'll oh. leave it at that. Um, and we are going to brand gate one as the DreamFinders gate. Nice. So we're working on that right now, kind of hitting two different points. We're excited that we'll hit visitors and home fans, depending on, you know, east and west, where to people typically sit. But it's a great opportunity for us. We're excited that our name will be over at Gate 1, but the home will stay, which is great for maintenance on our end Mm -hmm. over here, just preparing for season. It's like seven weeks away, which is insane. Don't say it like that. Um, now, you that said that bad. people are going to walk through a DreamFinders home facade. Tell people like what exactly that means. Yeah. So we're working on the final details of that. So I can't give too much away. And we obviously want it to be a surprise and exciting. Sure. But our hope is that we can make it feel like you're walking through a home when you come through gate one. That's fantastic. Um, that... It'll be a much more scaled down version than the stadium <laughs> home, but we want it to be clear that it's dream finders and people not to be confused that we're a new home construction builder in the Jacksonville area. We want them to get the branding quick. They're going through very quickly. Their priority is getting into the stadium, probably to get a beer. Um, but we want them to also recognize dream finders as they're doing it. So what better than to make them experience like they're coming through a model? Like, yeah. And with the, the stadium hall, obviously you guys have, have promoted a ton that the, a veteran is going to get that at the end of next or this season, this upcoming season. season. Mm-hmm. So have you guys started that, that nomination process and, and how does someone go about nominating a veteran? Yeah. So nominations aren't quite open. We are working on selecting a nonprofit or an organization to work with and selecting because we're not the pros in that, obviously. So the final selections are being made right now. Conversations are being had. Our hope is that the nomination process is up before season starts because we will announce the winner towards the end of the 2016 season. That's exciting. Now, speaking of the 2016 season, you're going to do something new this year that's never been done before by DreamFinders, and that is going to be Realtor Appreciation Day. Yes. So how can realtors get to be a part of that fun day? Yeah, so we are running a promotion that the top realtors that have either sold the most homes with us throughout this season, or if you sell a home with us within a certain time period, we're working on those final details right now as well, and so... Believe me, flyers will be everywhere. (laughs) Um, But you will get to enjoy a VIP game day experience that will include like a porch gate on 
guide of the Dreamfinders home as well as a private tour of the stadium home. And then it'll conclude with watching the game from a cabana. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Have, has anyone here watched the game from the cabana? Watched it from the cabana or just yeah. used? I think our cabana. <laughs> Did you get in the pool? Because that kind of Oh, the pool me. cabanas. I thought yeah. you were talking yeah. about the pool actual cabanas. outside cabana yeah. area. The one oh, game okay, that okay. we all went to. Together. Pool, food, wine, beer. That was a suite, not a cabana. <laughs> that was a suite. That was by the pool area. Th- those are the pool cabanas yeah. outside of the stadium, um, just past where the Dreamfinders home was located. Are also it used to be what co- uh, called the Pepsi cabanas. Oh, so those are different gotcha. tailgate areas too. So gotcha. I have been to those several times. Okay. No, no, um, these will be pool yeah, cabanas. These are the pool, pool cabanas. cabanas. You watched the game from the pool cabana. We were all there together. We didn't watch a game. No, that was the... I have not. That was we the went, box. Y'all went to a suite <laughs> one time. I don't think you were there, Don. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, we got interviewed <laughs> during the Oh, game. that was a preseason oh. game. Sorry. That Anybody can go to that area. <laughs> Friday yeah. still count. The week's now over. I remember. Yes. So a preseason game. Yes. Come on. We got interviewed. Make it crazy. Yes. We and didn't get in the seat. pool. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't stay in the cabana. Yeah. And I forget. I think I went to a seat too. But either way, now I know what you're talking about. And then Dreamfinders had us in their suite. I don't think I was... I think I was out of town for a wedding. Oh, yeah. who came? No, oh, I thought you were there. It was just Amanda. you. Yeah, because yeah. you weren't there. Right. I came yeah. to the suite another time, probably completely uninvited. <laughs> but I showed up and watched the... Oh, no, I was at the 1010XL suite. That's what it was. Mm. Um, but I said hi to you guys. Uh, yeah, you that was in. the Jaguars-Tennessee bold game. Yeah, yeah that was oh. the bold game. Gotta wear your gold. Are we going to yes. do that this year now that the it's bold not game? night? Um, I, I, yeah, we are doing the bold game game. in Tennessee this year. So yeah, Yeah. but we are still doing the bold color again. Yeah. The gold. Are we really? Can wear my gold boots again? Yes. And Blythe can wear her pants. Although it'll be. (laughs) Telvin said he loved the all gold. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. I asked him. He goes, I loved it. So those uniforms were part of the Thursday night broadcast though. Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. I don't know that they'll be doing that again this year, unless the Jaguars did something on their own. I read something that every team is again doing the bold because it's an NFL initiative. So I read that we are doing it. So maybe it's going to be the same uniforms. And last year it was just for the Thursday night opponents because not everybody got the bold uniforms last year. Yeah. I believe that it's changing this year to everyone, but it's been like probably two months since I read that. So, you know, there's so much that comes in and out. Um, So Jen, our Twitter poll, Jen Stewart here, marketing manager of Dreamfinders (laughs) from our Twitter poll, I want to know your thoughts on that. If you were attending a women's football 101 clinic and there was going to be a strip tease by players for charity, would you attend? Um, I do not think that would encourage me to attend. I mean, what would you want out of women's football 101? Hmm. I think it would be fun to like run routes and stuff. Like I think it would it be is. more fun to do like the athletic side of it than I don't know. I mean, look up a picture of them with their shirt off online. Who cares? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I think it'd be fun to learn to like run routes and actually act like you're at camp. I mean, the Meet Me on the 50 was great last year, and it was very compelling. But I think if you got women involved and in learning actual plays and having an athletic afternoon, mm-hmm. I think even women that who don't typically love that would have fun. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the one of the reasons I loved it was we had ten different stations when the Jags did have something like that, an on field clinic. And so you really got to appreciate the player in each position group. So I always had thought that like long snappers were you know, everyone always kind of trash talks long snappers and punchers and kickers and all that stuff, right? Long snapping is one of the one things I absolutely cannot do. Like I tried over and over again, didn't even come close. I'm so much- I was like, I actually appreciate Carson Tinker now more than I ever have before. <laughs> I'm a much better quarterback than I could ever be, like, even a kicker. I understand. <laughs> My kicking skills are, like, not centered. That's why you need a clinic. <laughs> well, then that's one of my favorite stories from, because it was my 30th birthday, actually, the day that we had that hey. clinic. So we line up to go into the field goal part of it, and multiple of my friends who never played soccer line up, make their field goals through easily. So I line up, and I'm a little bit of a cocky person when it comes to um, athletic competition with <laughs> some so of my surprised. friends. Not all of them, just some of them. Um, nice. And I was like, oh, if you guys made it, then please. Well, because I played soccer, I like line drive the ball and it hits the guy who's supposed to be trying to catch it up, you know, through the, the uprights. Face. No, it kicks him in where the sun don't shine. <laughs> and so I'm embarrassed. Obviously, I don't, I don't make it through. Draymond my Green friends though. are, yeah, my friends are teasing me. Well, I get back in line and when it was my turn to line back up, he goes, no, not you. <laughs> You're done. And I was like, but I didn't make my first one. He's like, I don't care. You're out. So I didn't even get another attempt. But wow. those are some of the great stories that come out of an actual on-the-field clinic. So we'll keep, you know, Let's beating our drums. Caleb Bradley. And absolutely. And get something I like that I think we can done. get it going. I think so, too. Well, Jen Stewart, Marketing Manager for Finders Homes, you are always so gracious to host us with the best food and the best drinks. So thank you so much. My pleasure. And thanks for joining us. And uh, when we come back, we are going to get to Lionel Messi and his retirement slash pad decision. We'll get to that in a second, as well as Jake Arietta and his new body changing, life changing body something. I don't want to give away exactly what it is <laughs> since Demer still doesn't know. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dream Finders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Helmets and Heels built by Dream Finders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Black Sister Jam at one point in your life? It was. I had a feeling. I was a big no doubt fan. I had a feeling. <laughs> what about you, Demer? Sure. Sure. Not so much anymore, though. I'm not. It's not Elvis, but, you know. <laughs> can't, I can't even come close. I just don't like the whole Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani thing. I am Team Miranda the whole okay. way. So okay. So that's affected my opinion. Did you go to the Miranda Lambert concert that was here not recently? Not recently, but I have seen her in concert before, and she's phenomenal. She um she broke down during one song, like towards the end of one of the songs, broke down on stage. Oh. It was it was a powerful um, few minutes, but I've like you, I've seen her before, and then I saw her when she was just here. It was fantastic. Some acts are worth seeing multiple times. Zach Brown Band's coming in oh, yeah. in September. Yep. I bought my tickets for him. Yep. And it's a concert on a Saturday night. How often does that happen? Never. And even better on a Saturday night when I don't have work to do during September, Mm -hmm. I was just, I was like breathing or not even breathing until the schedules came out and yes. I was able to look at them all and I was like, I can actually go. And it's a Jaguars like, away game it? the next it day, is. which yeah. is, it's, it, the stars have aligned. They, they, I went to see Buble three times. Really? Okay. 
Do you know Buble? Michael Buble? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple songs. I don't know him well. Mm, fantastic. <laughs> I've just heard of him. He's an old school performer. Yeah. And he actually comes out into the audience and hugs you and kisses you. He's he's old school. Suit and tie band. I like it. He loved Frank Sinatra <laughs> growing up mm-hmm. and certainly channeled some of that energy. I used to, in college, I had like the box set of Sinatra and I would Me listen too. to Sinatra. There are some well, things school, about us yeah. that are, yeah, high school, people. yeah. Well, I just, I love that. <laughs> oh. I, for a while, I loved that big band yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. style I, I and genre. Yeah. All right. So as I teased, Jake Arietta is changing his body. He's getting a tattoo. Okay. It's not his first tattoo. He has tattoos of his family. But he's getting a tattoo this time around, not by choice, but because he lost a bet to teammate Tommy LaStella. It all started with TCU and Coastal Carolina facing each other in the College World Series. The bet was if TCU beats Coastal Carolina, then Tommy LaStella has to dress up in a TCU mascot uniform. Um, if Coastal Carolina wins, then Arietta has to get a Chanticleer tattoo, it's a bird, tattooed on his body. Well, both ended up happening, but Coastal Carolina beat TCU to advance. So now Arietta has to get a Chanticleer tattoo and Tommy LaStella has to dress up <laughs> in the mascot, the Horned Frog mascot. So my question to you ladies is he a better man than most because he's actually going to fulfill the bet? At least according to reports, he's going to fulfill the bet. And obviously, for people who don't know who Jake Arrieta is, he is the Cubs ace pitcher having a fantastic season. As Blythe said earlier, as Blythe said earlier, has a great body. I don't. Why did he make this bet? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm still why thinking. Why would you make a bet because like that? Because it's TCU versus a tiny little team called but Coastal Carolina. In tattoo, his mind, you never make that bet. No. You can make a you know wearing opposing teams' colors or you know whatever, eating something crazy or or doing something. You don't get a tattoo. That's what I think too, but I, I applaud him if he actually goes through with it. If you're going to make the bet, go through with it. I would just request that eventually he gets um, the arm tats up to his elbow, both arms. Are there stipulations? Like, does it have to be a certain size? Does it have to be in a certain place? That I have not seen, and I looked for that, but I haven't seen that come across. So I think that once he actually gets it, then we'll find so out. So if it's the tiniest little thing. That's, that that right. would be okay. Yeah. yeah. That's but okay. I, 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 you still don't ever make a tattoo bet unless it's something that you actually want and then it's not the end of the world if you have to get it or can you just get a henna tattoo and say see i got a tattoo you know frank suggested that on his show he's like he needs a henna but henna tattoos aren't henna tattoos mainly the design is the henna part like well you know like the the ones i have for kids you just put on your face yeah Yeah. like the stick on no the the henna tattoos tattoos actually last for 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 days and days and it's an intricate design right based uh, faith-based a lot of the times yeah but I, so here's why I didn't think it was that big of a deal for him because he does already have tattoos. If this was his first tattoo and it was based off of a huge I would call mistake. him the biggest idiot. But because he's already gone under the ink, then I just think it's, you know. You can always cover it up. It's kind of funny. If he gets a little one, they can get creative around sure. it. Sure. Yeah. And it's you also kind of a funny it. story. You're on the beach. What is that? It's a Chanticleer. What? Why? 
Well, my team lost to Coastal Carolina in the college what's a World Series. Chanticleer? It's a bird. That's all I know. So that that would be. I don't understand what a sh- what is a Chanticleer. Like if someone said it's a Chanticleer, I what almost is, thought it was the same. Is that a wine? Is that? Oh yeah, no, it? the Florida Lee. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Something fancy. No, it's not. All right. Um, another sports story that came out this week uh, after Argentina lost in the Copa America, lost to Chile. Lionel Messi, the star of Argentina. One of the best players in the entire world. Misses PK. Somebody else missed their PK. Argentina loses to Chile in the final. And Argentina, or Lionel Messi then says he's done playing for Argentina. He's retiring from the national team. He'll continue to play for Barcelona, but no longer for Argentina. Is that completely ludicrous? Is he being a baby? Yes. He's being emotional. That, that's, he's, he's react, making an emotional decision after a tough loss. And, and you got to figure he, he wants the best for his home country, and maybe that pressure is a little bit too much. Um, obviously, it's too much because you saw that him just you know sort of cave in on himself after he made that miss. But he's not making this decision if he makes that kick, I don't no. think. And I don't think he's definitely not making it if he makes the kick and they win. So doesn't to me, it, it's an emotional decision. Doesn't it fuel you to come back, the fact that you didn't win? Babies? No. And he seems like a giant baby. I don't <laughs> care how good you are. When you are faced, <clears throat> Cam Newton, with adversity and you lose, you need to act like the bigger person. And you need to understand what it is to lose and be okay with that. But when the weight of the country is on your shoulders and the pressure is there, I think this was his fourth time playing in this tournament, trying to win a, a title for his home country. I, I could see where you make an emotional decision when some when it's the the a, a pivotal moment in your life and someone shoves a microphone in your face and it's just like i don't want to deal with this i want to shut everything else off i, I don't want to deal with this anymore i think that was more of and that's to me is is a perfect example of why we need to give these guys some breathing room after these games and not immediately shove them up on a, a stage to give a press conference or shove a microphone in their face because they're going to make emotional decisions like this. And to me, I'm not bothered at all by the fact that that's what he said in that moment. More that he hasn't come back since and said, okay, you know, I'm going to give it some more time to think about it. That's how I think you respond. Yeah. Whatever you decide in, in that moment, as far as your decision, doesn't necessarily have to carry on forever. Right. We've seen so many professional athletes say they're retiring and then go, oh, you know what? Clement. Mm, I don't really want to do that. I can't see my life without this sport or I still right. want to en- earn the endorsement money or earn my salary, blah, 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 earn the bonuses. But the fact that he hasn't come back since and said, all right, you know what? I do need some time. And today, Diego, I think it was today, Diego Maradona came out, who was a, mm-hmm. another you know, former famous Argentina soccer player, and, and urged him to rethink his decision because you're playing for the pride of your country and all these Argentinians want to see you on their team and obviously root for you. And, and it's a huge deal to this country, this Copa America, which Frank calls the Copa Cabana. I love that. Um, I think it's so funny, but <laughs> it, it's a big deal to them. And so I hope that that's what we see happens is he says, you know what? I'm just going to give it more time. I'll reconsider. And meanwhile, yes, I'm just going to keep earning what the highest salary of any soccer player. Hasn't he been getting death threats? He has, right? Well, he's he not on social media, which is a good thing. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, that that's a benefit in a situation like this where he de- he's sort of, I guess, married to the idea that he has to retire now and maybe give it a few months. And he, 
hopefully doesn't know the backlash that's coming out. I'm sure he has a hint of it, but because he doesn't have social media, I think it's actually a a positive thing. Well, remember he was the one who that little kid was wearing like the trash bag, um, Argentina Jersey. And he found out who they were. I think they were in Afghanistan. They ended up having to seek refuge and he wanted to meet with the kid and give him an actual Jersey, number 10 messy Jersey. But at, I think there was some political unrest about this thing and the families are receiving some threats from the government and, and all sorts of stuff. And so at the last time that I had checked, they hadn't been able to meet, mm. but that was a, when the story had kind of still been fresh. So right. hopefully, um, you know, at some point the kid at least gets a Jersey and I just, I love that about him. And so that's why I do think that he's of, you know, pretty high character. Um, all right, ladies, before we toss it off to fat Tony, any fun 4th of July plans? Going down to my parents, man. Heck yeah. Family's going on the road. You know what what happens when the family goes on the road? The adults get to hang out in the pool. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) JT too, but I mean, the adults get to hang out. I get adult interaction like I do here tonight. I actually get adult interaction. Yeah. Which is why I love work so much. Absolutely. (laughs) And, uh, Blythe, what about you? As long as I'm outside and I've eating at least two burgers and two hot dogs this weekend <laughs> and i'm riding a bike is this on the right. same day like one lunch i would hope <laughs> one so. sit down i'm gonna have a sandwich by the beach aka a hot dog i'm just kidding <laughs> love just it kidding. you know it's gonna be rough to rival last weekend i was in three different pools and i went to the beach two days so <laughs> when i when i look at i know and on sunday i had fresh ahi tuna fresh wahoo fresh mahi like all of it literally and like you didn't invite any of it less than 24 <laughs> hours old um part of it i didn't even know i was having it was just a it was an impromptu thing somebody brought fish over and it was super fresh and then the other one um was just a little dinner party get together and also fresh crab meat from mm. north carolina it was literally like one of the best eating days I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so now that I look at July 4th, I'm like, well, I'm not sure I'm even going to be able to top it. So I guess I'm just going to enjoy a- the time that I have. And like you said, the burgers and the hot dogs and it's, it's all good. Just bike ride down on the beach. Absolutely. Um, one thing I do try to make sure that I have is like, do you shorts tonight? Have some sort of, yes. you know, American like, wear. That's hard. That's that is the Amer- I was thinking today, I'm like, what am I going to wear? I have to go get something. And I said, no, you have plenty of red, white, and blue stuff. You don't need to go buy anything new. Well, and because I'm a Gator fan, I have zero red in my closet, mm-hmm. literally zero. And so that's always the struggle is what am I going to do for red? So I, I, can, I got something you red can wear. Red nail polish. Yeah, I, I bet you do. Red lipstick too. You know, you'll yeah, appreciate that probably won't be me. You'll appreciate this. Taylor, who works with me at the front yes, and I, I both Taylor. went to a PowerPoint class yesterday and the instructor asked us, what are the colors of your station? I said, black and red. He goes, no, no, no. So I'm going to use this orange and I'm going to use this blue because he's showing us all different stuff. I'm like, oh, has nothing to do with Georgia, but appreciate it. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was very glad when I got my 1010 polo that was in Jaguar colors. Yes. um, Because I'm, yeah, just not as much of a red and black (laughs) wearer, but you know, it's each. Global ties, red and black all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We will check in with Fat Tony next. Thanks for tuning in to Helmets and Heels built by Dream Finders Homes. And thanks everybody for coming out to hang out with us tonight. It has been a fun party here in Lexington Park. We'll be back on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Thanks for checking out the podcast for Helmets and Heels. As a friendly reminder, you can always check out the latest on our Twitter feed at Helmets and Heels or on our website at guysgirl.com backslash Helmets and Heels.